Welcome to episode 10 of Retrospection, where we take a look at an old film or TV show and see if it was better back then or whether it's just naughty nostalgia playing tricks with us. My name's Colin and I'm not in England. And I'm Paul and I am in England. Today we're going to take a look at Bloodspot from 1988. They said that we would never do it. Yeah, I wish they were right. No, <laughs> take that back. Spoilers! <laughs> so Bloodspot... It's based on the life of martial artist Frank Duk- Dukes. I kept, when I read it, I kept wanting to say Ducks. Yeah, 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 because it's written D-U-X, isn't it? Right. So it's spelled, yeah. Although we say it's based on his life. He's a complete bullshit artist. He oh, no, made no, stuff no. up. What, what? No, 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 no. At the end of the movie, it gives us a complete rundown of everything he ever did. Oh, yeah, but we know that's not true now. <laughs> I don't know it's not true. If you go online and Google it, it pretty much tells oh. you. We've established this. I don't do research. That's your job. Or are these alternative facts? Exactly. Alternative facts. Okay. Very good. The film follows Dukes, an American martial artist who decides to leave the army to compete in a martial arts tournament in Hong Kong where fights to the death can occur. It stars Jean-Claude Camille Francois Van Varenberg. That's his real name. You can see why he shortened it, can't you? I can see why he started martial arts when he was 10 as well. <laughs> He's a dancer as well, isn't he? Ballet, ballet. But that's not unusual. Yeah. Like, Jackie Chan mm-hmm. is a ballet dancer as well. It's good mm-hmm. for the movement, I guess. Yeah, yeah. And uh, he, he gets a lot of use out of those splits in this movie, doesn't he? Oh, I counted them. There's three. <clears throat> oh, I think there was more than three. <laughs> no, there's, there's three main ones, including the money shot at the end. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so the film also stars Donald Gibb as Ray Jackson, Leah Ers as Janice Kent, Forrest Whitaker as Rawlings and Norman Burton as Helmer. Mm. Directed by Newt Arnold, and this is one of the few films he directed himself, but he's been an assistant director on a pretty a load of successful films, including The Abyss, Alien Nation, The Goonies, War Games, and Blade Runner, many others. Well, I would argue that No Retreat, No Surrender is the film that launched Van Damme's career. I guess it's blood spot that placed him in the position of the actor you get when you can't afford sliced alone or Arnold Schwarzenegger <laughs> but you still have enough money that you don't want to stoop so low to get Steven Seagal or really hit rock bottom and get Dolph Ludgren he's somewhere in between those right yeah I would say so I would agree with that yeah yeah I'm sure he wouldn't <laughs> I'm pretty sure Steven Seagal puts himself way above everyone else anyway oh I'm sure he does but, but then again he's a real law man yeah one word for it. Bloodsport <laughs> cost between 1.5 and 2.3 million and made 65 million in return, so it did pretty well. Yeah, you can't deny it was a hit, can you? Oh, no, absolutely not. Other films that released around the same time were Action Jackson. Hey. <laughs> have you seen that recently? <laughs> not recently, but I have fond memories of Action Jackson. <laughs> yeah, don't, don't, don't rewatch it. And really? Yeah, really. It was always one of those movies that, that everyone at school was saying, oh, have you seen Action Jackson yet? And, uh, oh, it's great, and uh, it's not really, is it? <laughs> no, no, I've seen it recently. Also, Shoot to Kill, Frantic, and Hairspray. Good selection, though. Mm. Um, of course, Bloodspot is a canon film, so you pretty much know what you're getting. I'd completely forgotten it was a canon movie, and when the logo came up at the beginning... I kind of sat bolt up right and rubbed my hands together. Oh, we're in for a ride here now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, you didn't see the Canon logo and go, I wonder why this missed out on an Oscar. 
It's canon. It's the seal of quality, you know. <laughs> it's the seal of quality. <laughs> Not high quality, but it is of a quality. Exactly. When those two pieces of that logo slam together with that sound effect, it's like, this is the seal. <laughs> you know, you know you're in for a good time. If they were being truthful, the logo should seal together just slightly out of place. Yeah. <laughs> like, like an Ikea furniture that you can't get just right. There's a few bits missing. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> so we open the film with shots of 80s Hong Kong. Yeah. And we move into a fighting arena that has been prepared for combat. And the music already has Eastern overtones and is pretty rhythmic. It's getting faster. And we get a it's mont- good music. I think the whole movie's got some really good music in it. Yeah, it does. You, uh, especially the Stan Bush one. Oh, there's some great songs. Which listeners of the podcast have already heard. Very true. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's on the intro. Mm-hmm. Trust me. And they're, they're all through the movie, they're the kind of songs that, that tell you exactly what's going on in the scene. Yeah. 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 Just, you you don't have to think. You don't, you don't sit there going, I wonder what this character is emotionally going through. Oh, wait, what's, <laughs> what's the lyrics? <laughs> they're like, you know, the, there's a great parody of these kind of songs in um, the uh, Trey Parker movie, um, Team America, World Police where all the lyrics describe everything that's the, that the character's feeling at the time. Right. It's like there's a bit... We'll, we'll, we'll get to it when we get there, but there is a, a great chase scene in this movie where the, the, song's, the song that's playing over the top of it just is talking about being chased. <laughs> <laughs> all right. But before we get there, we're still at the beginning, and we get mm-hmm. a montage of martial artists kicking blocks of ice, suspended by ropes. How do you tie up a block of ice? With great difficulty. Forget kicking it. I want to see the guy tying it up, because that seems a lot harder task. Do you, do you reckon that the same guy that tied up the ice is the same guy with the bucket that we see later on? Yeah, maybe. That's just his job, little stuff like that. Yeah, he's got a crappy job, hasn't he? Yeah, he has. So others are kicking boards. One guy is sitting on a branch chopping coconuts. Yeah. Yeah. We'll talk <laughs> about him later. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, we will. He's got, he's got a signature way of fighting, which I'm not too sure is... Uh, mm. Yeah, we'll get to it. <laughs> and we see practice fights between people. And we get to see two insane-looking bikers, and then one of them will later learn is Ray Jackson. And they basically explain the plot. They do. They do. One of them says, are you really going to Hong Kong? And the other one replies, I love anything with full contact. Which I would be like, whoa, we're just friends. There is a lot of that going on in this in this film. There's a weird answer. Plus, I guess at that scene, we're not in Hong Kong. <laughs> <laughs> I guess it's moving around the world as different people practice, and then it's also going to Hong Kong, showing them prepare the tournament. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but there's no indication of where you are. No, no, no. This 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 movie is just assuming that you're you're on board with what's going on straight away. Oh, you don't care. Yeah, you pretty much don't care. But he says, but I heard you get killed at the Kumite. Only if you fuck up, he replies. Yeah. So now we know that the fighting event is called the Kumite. Mm-hmm. And this guy's going to have to leave pretty soon because they're already setting the lights off. <laughs> but this is screenwriting 101, isn't it? Get, get, get the, uh, everything you need to know out in the first five pages or whatever. We saw it in Condor, man. Exactly. I would argue that this does it better. It's even more efficient. Absolutely. Efficient, that's a good Which word. Are, that should go on the poster. <laughs> Bloodspot, it's efficient. 
That should have been Canon's logo, really, shouldn't it? Canon. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's nothing if not efficient. <laughs> <laughs> Cheap and efficient. Exactly. <laughs> so we see other competitors getting ready, and all this is while the opening credits are appearing. Mm-hmm. And then we finally cut to a gym. Again, we don't know where this is. And there is a soldier talking to Van Damme, who plays Captain Frank Dukes. Mm-hmm. And he's saying that he's wanted by the colonel because the colonel has found out that Frank is spending his furlough in Hong Kong. Because he's worried about what he's going to get up to, isn't he? Right. Now, what, why are they so concerned, though? I mean, is he some sort of super soldier that they... I don't know. This was the question that bothered me. If he's on furlough, surely it's up to him what he wants to do. Yeah. And if what he's doing is going to be dangerous, well, that's up to him. Yeah, so that is. A, <laughs> I mean, this colonel's having a. He's a, he's he's really having a fit when we get to him, isn't he? Yeah, and it, it's like, what was if the guy was going skiing? That's pretty dangerous. Does, can he not go skiing? Yeah, because you know, we, we they've invested a lot of time and money in him. Apparently, they can't let anything happen. Yeah, to him. but but so much money that then they can spend sending two people to go try and track him down. Yeah. <laughs> But anyway, we're going getting really too far now, so... What did you think of this Army Colonel's uh, acting, then? Think he got a lot of work after this movie? Probably not, but first Frank tells this soldier that he has to go shower, and the guy says, oh, I'll wait. And I get the feeling it's not the first time this guy's waiting for somebody in a shower. <laughs> but Frank was a runner. And then we get to the Colonel, when the soldier has to report that Frank has run away. Yeah, uh, yeah the Colonel is apoplectic he's, he's classic um police chief isn't he yeah you've only got 24 hours to go get this yeah. guy or you're handing your badge yeah i was waiting for him to use the word cocksucker or something like that very angrily you know but then you're always waiting for that in the film when you watch driving miss daisy you were like any minute now she's gonna use it but what she's gonna what she's <laughs> <laughs> gonna use what <clears throat> use the phrase cocksucker oh right i was thinking what what version of that movie? Are sure you, you, sure you watched the right... You didn't watch Diving with Miss Daisy or something like that? I knew you was going to go for that pod. <laughs> Terrible. Terrible. You should be embarrassed. <laughs> Cutting all that out. Did you see the slow build-up? You knew where it was going, didn't you? Yeah, I did. Yeah. I did. <laughs> so Frank visits a house and meets a Japanese woman who's Mrs. Tanaka. I guess it's Mrs. Tanaka? Tanaka? It gets, it gets pronounced... Different ways throughout the film. All the names, though, all the names for whatever nationality people are in this movie, they're right on the on the nose, aren't they? <laughs> well, you know that when Frank steps in, he's looking at a sword on the mantelpiece yeah. that gives him his flashback, mm-hmm. and the sword is a katana, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. And the guy's called Tanaka, which is just katana changed around. <laughs> Cheap and efficient. Yeah, yes. So we get a flashback, a blurry flashback of Frank as a teenager when he broke into the house with friends to steal the katana sword. And it's a heck of a flashback, isn't it? Goes on for a while. Well, yeah, I, I lost because at some point he ages in the flashback. Yeah. Like you do watching. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I couldn't work out whether we were back in the present. Because this past version of Frank appears not to have aged. Neither does Mr. Tanaka <laughs> at one point. He doesn't age at all in the flashback. He's the same age all the way through. You know what? Maybe there's a Highlander crossover going on. Well, maybe, maybe. Because, you know... Because we already know there can't be only one. 
Yeah, absolutely. And the katana sword as well. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So going back, though, as a teenager, his friends run away and he's caught by the house owner, who is Senzel Tananika, and his young son who kicks Frank in the knackers. <laughs> boom, boom. Very good. <laughs> he does. <laughs> He totally does. <laughs> Frank goes he down. Does, he just runs up to him and kicks him right in the kicks bollocks, right. doesn't he? <laughs> yeah. But Tanaka makes a deal with him. He'll not report Frank to the police as long as he could train Frank to help train his son for the kumite. Now, if you were this kid's dad and some, <laughs> some guy turned up at your house with your kid and said, I want to take your son away and train him. You'd be phoning the Rolf Harris helpline. You, you would. Be, so you'd be, there'd be a few alarm bells going off, wouldn't there? <laughs> Actually, you'd be phoning the Jimmy Savile helpline. <clears throat> And uh, for in fact, you'd be just phoning any seventies DJ. Huh? Yeah, pretty much. Ooh, <laughs> you said that. I didn't. I didn't say that. <laughs> I'll cut it out. We'll just use Jimmy Savile. He's dead. <clears throat> yeah, you can't fight back. No, that's that's only like I was defending him then, didn't it? Yeah, it did. <laughs> yeah cut that out. <laughs> so the two kids actually become friends, and then. In, during the flashback now, we go slightly forward in time and we find out that Tanaka's son was killed. And Frank says, teach me and I'll honor you. So Tanaka starts to train Frank and we get another montage of fighting scenes. And at one point it looks like they're playing rock, paper, scissors. Guess they're not. Yeah. He does his trademark splits. Fish, fish um, grabbing. Blindfolded, he serves food and tea. Um, I get the point that halfway through this, Tanaka's actually finished the training, but just enjoys <laughs> yeah. the pain. Yeah, I mean, I wrote that as well. I thought, yeah, he's just uh, he's just having a good time here, isn't he? Yeah, because there's just scenes of him hitting Frank with sticks. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's just one scene where he sat on the floor and he's just hitting him on the back of the head with a stick for no reason. <laughs> yeah. Feel that? Feel that? <laughs> I, I, um, there's another thing in in this um, in this bit as well where when he's taught he, he convinces him to train him and yeah. um, to Tanaka it's Tanaka isn't it uh, Tanaka, Tanaka. Tanaka like I said it gets pronounced different ways in the film yeah he, he tells him that all his family died during the war at Hiroshima yes uh, that's a cliche isn't it you know I mean if this guy had been Jewish He'd be telling him that he'd lost all his family in Auschwitz, wouldn't it? It's that kind of a movie, you know. It's that would be a whole different kind of martial arts, though. <laughs> I, that that would be interesting, though. Wouldn't it? That would be a good film. <laughs> you know what I'm saying, though? It's, it's it's that kind of trope where yeah, it is. You know, yeah. yeah. I did like the fish grabbing. Though. The fish grabbing was good. Um, it's a bit similar to the. Fly catching in Karate Kid. Well, this whole movie's like Karate Kid, isn't it? Yeah. And then you get the ridiculous stretching scene. Now, are you wondering at this point where all these things that they're showing you, hmm, I wonder when these are going to come in handy later on in the movie, all these skills that he's acquired? Yeah. And I'm watching him stretched. And I'm sure at one point his hair starts to get taller. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe he doesn't. And he uses his physical power to straighten back up and snaps the trees that are holding him. Do you think he did that for real? Um, they probably weren't real trees. You, you, I don't think this movie had a budget for special effects, did it? Paper trees? Paper trees. But then yeah. paper trees wouldn't paper hold him trees. up, would they? Maybe he's just really light. <laughs> Maybe he's so light those ropes are actually holding him down. It could well, you just float off into thin air. Yeah, 
Possibly, yeah. And, and then we learn that he has he's trained to have this power where his mind goes blank. <laughs> <laughs> Go on, fill in the gap. <laughs> <laughs> Should we um, talk about Van Damme's acting at this point so early on? Yeah, well, I mean, it's as good a place as any to bring it up, isn't it, really? Okay. Um, I get the feeling it's almost like at times that someone has just said the line that he's supposed to be saying just before he said it. And then he's repeating it. And he's just repeating it. Yeah. yeah. Like that. I also wonder at times when he, when they're in, in a, in a two shot and he's, he's meant to be staring into someone's eyes. He's slightly looking over their shoulder. That's so I'm wondering whether he's reading it off a big board that someone's holding up behind her. <laughs> Maybe. It's pretty appalling. Like his responses, emotional responses, are just odd at times. I mean, there's a great one near the end, isn't there? Yes. <laughs> but, yeah, he's not the greatest. He's got better as, he got, as he's got older. Not, not much, but he's got better. <laughs> a little bit. Right. You know. Right. But out of all of these kind of actors, I think he's one of the worst. Yeah, yeah, I would say so. Although uh, modern-day Schwarzenegger's not much to write home about anymore either, is he? No, he's bizarre. He's gone backwards with his acting ability. Yeah, he's regressed. That's what being in uh, Congress does for you, isn't it? Yeah, but you think that'd be a great training for acting. You would think so. <laughs> so, eventually we see Tanaka give the sword to Frank. Yep. And then the blurry screen ends, and we're back at present day. Mm-hmm. And Tanaka is sick in bed, and Frank is watching him. And Tanaka, well, Frank says to him, how are you feeling? And Tanaka says, like an old man, which is weird because he hasn't aged at all <laughs> no, throughout all. the flashbacks. And, this, you know, he's just laying there in bed. They never, yeah, he doesn't look here. No, they never really say what's wrong with him either, do they? No, he's just sleepy. <clears throat> yeah. He looks, nice and, looks nice and cozy, though, doesn't he, in that bed? He's all nice and tucked in. Lovely. So Frank tells him he's going to Hong Kong. Frank tells him he's going to Hong Kong to fight in the Kumite. And then we flash cut to Hong Kong. Yeah, and he's on a bus, isn't he? He's on a bus. And then we see the biker, I'm going to start calling him by his name, Jackson, gets on and starts annoying a local woman. And he's just, Frank's just watching him. And we kind of think at this point that Jackson's going to be like the evil guy. Yeah, he has a great line when he tries to talk to you. He says, do you want to, do you want to go out with a real big man? <laughs> he is overweight for a fighter. He's in great shape. <clears throat> he's he's in a shape. He's he's in he's doing the kind of training that I would do. I mean, he, he most of the, <laughs> I mean most of the time he's walking around with a with a beer in his hand, isn't he? Yes. If only we could all do train that way. Absolutely. Yeah, I don't know. But uh, I, I've got a problem with with Jackson. Okay. Then we cut to a bar, and there's a blonde woman called Janice, and she's a reporter, and she's caught. She's talking to some people and she's trying to find out about the Kumite, but everyone's just denying all knowledge about mm-hmm. it. Uh, in the same bar, Jackson and Frank meet up and they challenge each other to play Karate Champ, a video arcade game, yeah. I, I, I wonder whether it was... Um, I didn't, is that what they called it? Is that the name of the machine? I think it's Karate Champ. Because I wondered yeah. whether it was something like Way of the Exploding Fist or something like that. No, no, no. Way of the Exploding Fist is only a Commodore Hong Kong. Oh, it was game. never a console. Um, it was never a video com- game. Yeah, right, okay. Amusement <clears throat> That's what I was thinking. No, that's what then. I meant, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And Frank keeps winning. Um, but this doesn't annoy Jackson as you think it would. They share the names and they kind of become friends pretty quickly. He says to him, aren't you a little young for full contact? 
But he doesn't say what kind of full contact, does he? He, he keeps using the phrase full contact, but never actually tells people what he's talking about. <laughs> I think he's maybe hopeful. Yeah, and then people just assume he means fighting, and he's like, oh, yeah, all right, yeah, okay. Yeah, when he gets to the temple, he's like, wait, we have to hit each other? <laughs> That's not the kind of hitting I was thinking of. <laughs> no, it's like, oh, back on the plane. <laughs> so back in America, two army officers mm-hmm. are looking for Frank, and this is Rawlings and Helmer. And they visit Tanaka and ask if Frank said he was going to Hong Kong. Totally pointless seeing this. It is, isn't it? Yeah. Because they know Frank's going to Hong Kong. He's told everybody. He told his colonel. Everyone knows. Why are they going to... It's just... I guess the scene is here so that you know that someone is going to be turned up at some point looking for Frank. I guess so. And, you know, a a sprightly 87 minutes where most of it is either flashbacks or montages... You know, you need as many scenes as you can get, really, don't you? Yeah, that's true. Yeah. That's true. How, how young is Forrest Whitaker in this movie, though? Very young mm. and still acting exactly the same way. <laughs> he is, yeah. I recently saw him in Rogue One. He's exactly the same. <laughs> it's the same little quirks. Yeah, yeah. Once, you, once you notice him, then you just see him all the mm-hmm. time. Works for him, I guess. Mm. Yeah, he's a fun actor, Forrest Whitaker. Um so we go back to Hong Kong, and Frank and Jackson meet Victor, who's going to be their guide to the Kumite, and he leads them through the alleys of Hong Kong. He's kind of he's the, kind of the Joe what? Pesci character, isn't he? The Asian Joe Pe- Pesci. Okay, all right, I can see that. You know, the mover, the shaker, he's a little bit funny, or he thinks he is. So while it's not on the mainland China, it's still in Hong Kong, Victor describes it as being more like China. Mm-hmm. So I guess he means lack of rules, maybe. And he gives him a little history lesson about Hong Kong, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah. And they enter the Kumite Temple, and they have to prove they're worthy of fighting. Frank shows paperwork to prove he's part of the Tanaka clan. Mm -hmm. And I think it's nice that a secret bloodthirsty event in which people kick crap out of each other until they die still has admin. Well, yeah, I mean, you've got to have bureaucracy, otherwise what's the point? You know, they're doing it properly. I just thought that was nice. That he's got to have documentation, but the, the, the paperwork's not enough. So he has to show the death touch. The death touch. <laughs> yeah, to prove that he was trained by Tananika, and that's we have to hit a column of bricks mm-hmm. and break one of them that's selected by somebody else, and they select the bottom one, and of course he does it. This is this is full on Jedi power, isn't it? This. Oh yeah, yeah. But it makes me laugh that Ray Jackson is like happy. But doesn't he realise that this guy might have to fight him at some point? Well, luckily they never do, though, do they? That's the thing. But I just thought it's funny. I'd be like, oh, that, hey, that's a mate, mate. Well, wait a minute. We might actually have to fight. Um, well, Jackson, he'll furnish. I'm going to be going. Jackson isn't the smartest tool in the box, is he, really? No, that is true. That is true. Now, do you reckon the real fr- this is one of the things that the real Frank Ducks did? The death touch brick thing. No, I think he was just an admin clerk. I don't think he's ever hit anyone in his life, this guy. <laughs> oh, you're so cynical. <laughs> <laughs> so now we're in... The army officers have made it to Hong Kong, suddenly. And they speak to Inspector Chen, don't they? Yeah. And this whole thing seems like a waste of time and money by the army, but they're desperate to get this one soldier back. Well, as they say, they've invested a lot of time and money in Frank Ducks. Yeah, and they they want to stop him fighting because they don't want a soldier getting hurt. Oh, no. Can't do that, can you? <laughs> Janice is still in the bar. She's been there a long time. 
Now she's being hassled by a fighter named Sadiq. Yeah. And he's about to very slowly hit Janice in the face. <laughs> you notice how slowly his hand went back? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which Frank grabs and tells him to leave Janice alone. Now Sadiq is annoyed and he wants to fight Frank, but Frank reasons with the guy. If they fight here, they could be thrown out of the Kumite. Do you, so Frank does a coin trick. Do you, before we do the, talk about the coin trick, do you think this is a good time mm-hmm. to point out... Um, the racial stereotyping that goes on in this movie. <laughs> what do you mean? Well, <laughs> you know, if we, if we, let's not talk about all the chin, chens and chans and all these lot that, that, that's going on. This guy's right. Hassan, what did you say his other name was? Hassan? Sadiq. I think it's Sadiq Hussein right. or something like What's that. What's he wearing on his head? I believe he has a hat. What kind of a hat? I believe it is a red hat. Uh, and what does it look like? Could be a turban. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm Are saying. Are you saying that this film is just filled everybody up as stereotypes? I'm saying that there's there's a there's a case to argue that it may well have done. Yeah. Okay. Okay. But I'm guessing that the, yeah. the 13 year old boys that rented this movie out when it when it came in the video shop in 1986 didn't care about that anyway, did they? Unless they were 13 year old. Middle Eastern children. They might have been annoyed. Do you think that this this movie played in the Middle East? No. 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 I doubt it. So Frank does a coin trick that uses his speed, picked up from his fish-grabbing training. Knew it would come in handy. Yeah. And he wins. Mm-hmm. And, make, and Sadiq leaves, embarrassed by the fact he's been beaten by Frank. And Janice questions Frank about the Kumite. And she's like, why is there an air of mystery about it? Why is it so secret? Mm. Now I'm thinking, because it's illegal. <laughs> it's so illegal and secret that everyone seems to know about it, though. Well, even she knows an incredible amount of the event, even though it's secret. But Frank has dinner with her. She agrees. Mm-hmm. And then later, back in the hotel room, we get a pointless scene of Van Damme showing his split trademark. Mm-hmm. Jackson's drinking. Again. Jackson's drinking, gets a nice line. What's the line? Hurt. I think he says something like, it hurts me just looking at you doing that. He does hurt looking at it, though. I mean, it's not natural, is it? No, it is weird. I mean, he's, Maybe his legs come apart. Either that or he's not got a whole lot going on down there, if you know what I'm saying. Maybe one of his powers, he can retract it. One, one, wait, whoa, one of his powers? What are his others? Well, he's got his death punch, hasn't he? Oh, you're talking in the film. You don't mean Van Damme really has this power. I thought Van Damme could do all this for real. Can he not? Is that not, is that not right? Never met him. Oh. But, I mean, he does it in every movie, the splits, so... Yeah, must be true. It must be. He's still doing yeah. it today. I mean, it looks a lot harder when he does it today. <laughs> and there's two guys either side just to push him into position. They're just off screen. It's all CGI and wire work. Well, the thing is, I've got to say this about Van Damme. Um, even today, I mean, he's had his problems. You know, he's had substance abuse, you know, in the past and all this kind of thing. But he's still, out of all these kind of guys, um, he's, he's the one that seems to be able to pull off a lot of the stuff that he could pull off 20, 30 years ago. I mean, he doesn't look, he's not like Steven Seagal, who looks like he's eaten himself three times over. Well, Steven Seagal was always this fighter. Where if you ever watched one of his films, he'd, he'd move his hands really fast and then he'd just push the guy. Yeah. <laughs> and the guy would fall into a glass coffee table or through a glass window. Yeah, and every time, yeah. 
every time. Mm-hmm. So he doesn't really do much. It's just like he just like moves his hands really quickly. He does. He does um, even less now. I, I saw a Steven Seagal movie a few years ago where he didn't even do his own dialogue. Oh, that's interesting. He was dubbed by another actor. I think the last Van Damme film, I, I Van Damme, the last Seagal film I saw was at the cinema in England, and it was on. Is it on Dangerous Ground with Michael yeah, Caine and John Chen? Wow, I was going to say, if you saw one of his movies on the cinema, it must have been a long time ago. <laughs> That's the last one I saw. He does make about 10 a year, though. Yeah. My life's too short. <laughs> I don't watch them. I've not said I watch them. I'm aware of them. Yeah, right. But I haven't seen a recent Van Damme film. Uh, yeah, I watched the, the, the Kickboxer Vengeance. The re- it's basically a remake of Kickboxer that came out um, a couple of months ago, actually. And you gave it a glowing review. I, and it, as I said at the time, and I think I said on the last podcast, that it's, it's far better than it deserves to be. Mm-hmm. It was actually quite entertaining. Um, can I quote you? If you must. The principal actors are wooden, with even a returning Van Damme looking like he's battling his way from a coma. That is true. Okay. But have you, yeah, but you're, you're taking me out. Yeah, you're reading one line out of the review that I wrote. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Terrible acted. <laughs> I do later go on to say that I enjoyed the movie. Total rubbish. <laughs> Well, he, 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 enjoyable he, rubbish. You do finish. Yeah, with. exactly. And there's a lot of that going yeah. on. Yeah, I, I had to, I'm hoping soon to watch the quest. Oh, that's a that's a good one. That the only reason I'm inclined to watch it is because it also co-stars Roger Moore. Well, you say co-stars, or at least he's. Well, see that that was going to be my point. I was just about to say at least it says his name in the credits. <laughs> I'm sure he got paid. Yeah, so you're telling me all I need to know, really, is that he's not really that much in it. He does a good okay. job with what he's got, though. Doesn't he always? Well, he does a Roger. Yeah. You hire Roger Moore to come in and do a Roger, don't you? Oh, that, yeah. that came out wrong. <laughs> <laughs> no, that came out exactly as you meant it. <laughs> so, back to Bloodspot. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah. Um, they're now at the temple. Mm-hmm. And the rules of Kumite are explained to him that it's a full contact fight to create one winner mm-hmm. and that it's sponsored <laughs> by an association. <laughs> What's the point of sponsoring an illegal fight that nobody can talk about? Yeah, you got Pepsi, Coca Cola, they're all. <laughs> yeah, but you can't talk no, about it. No, no, that. no. <laughs> oh, no. No advertising. So the bouts begin and. We get lots of blood capsules, and we also get the title of the film, Crowbar Day. Because mm-hmm. Jackson says that this is why they call it a blood spot. He does, doesn't he? Yeah. I, I'm, I'm assuming Dukes knew this. I mean, he's a fighter. <laughs> he's not going to go, wait, there's blood involved? If not, he's in trouble now. Yeah. And then we see a guy cleaning the blood off the floor by smearing it around the arena. <laughs> he's got a really crappy job. That yes, do the toilets as well. Possibly with the same rag. Yeah, oh, and there's a lot, you know, there's a lot of red meat being eaten by some of those fighters, don't you? That's all they're that's, eating. There's not a vegetable in anywhere near that temple. That's, that's not... Well, I say that, <laughs> there's also Van Damme. <laughs> well set up there, that was very good. Thanks. <laughs> so we finally see Jackson fight, and he still looks overweight for me, but he wins. He does, he pummels him with one punch, doesn't he? He does, he, yes. He, he takes a beating and, first. So we meet Chong Lee next. Yeah. 
and he's the current champion after killing the last person in a previous championship. And of course, he wins his round. So this guy's played by um, Bolo Young. Now he's still around. He's still doing films. Yeah, he still turns up in action movies, and he doesn't look any different. <laughs> oh, so maybe the dream sequence of Tananaka was right. Immortals, I'm telling you. Immortals, yeah. Mm-hmm. Frank is next, and he's fighting Sadiq, which is the person that caused the problems for Janice in the bar. That's funny that he got him, isn't it? Well, yeah, didn't see that coming. Mm. Frank wins easily. Creates a new world record, apparently, doesn't he? It does for the fastest beating. <laughs> Something like that. But I'm not being funny, but how do they know it's a world record? And who's recording it? I mean, Norris McWhirter's not stood in the corner with his book, is he? Writing everything do down. Know? Maybe he is. I don't remember that on Record Breakers, do you? <laughs> the Kumite. <laughs> just, just, just after... Just after Roy Castle's done his bit with the banjo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he stood in the corner with his trumpet. <laughs> oh, it was, a, was it a trumpet? I can't remember what yeah, it was. I think it was a trumpet. Was. He stood in the corner with his trumpet waiting. Is, yeah. it, is it my turn now? No, 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 no. Just wait, Roy. All right, we'll anyway, get to you. He's got to snap this guy's neck and then it's your turn. <laughs> Dedication. <laughs> Dead. Dedication. Dead. Oh. <laughs> right. So when, when Sadiq is knocked out, there's a gold tooth laying on the arena, and the guy who's cleaning the floor picks it up, sticks it in his mouth to <laughs> check where it's really gold, and then pockets it. But we never see this guy again, so he's, he's hit pay dirt there, hasn't he? He's obviously cleared off. Yeah, well, you would. I mean, why are you going to keep cleaning all this blood? There's just going to be more blood. What's the point? <laughs> and there, well, it, it shows up because later on in the movie, there's blood all over that floor, and it's because no one's been cleaning it up. Right, right. So he's cleared off. Yeah. And now we get a montage of other fights with the excellent Stan Bush song playing in the background. <laughs> I love these songs. They're great. I like <laughs> the chorus. Kumite, kumite, kumite. <laughs> and the lyrics are like, when you're fight, you know something like when you're fighting a fight and you're gonna, you know, it's do, you're gonna do it right. You're gonna do it right. <laughs> you're gonna reach for the stars. Yeah. You gotta punch him hard because you're not a re. No. Oh, whoa, no, whoa, whoa. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> Jackson excluded, obviously. Obviously. Meanwhile, back at a restaurant where there's some questionable dialogue about Asian cuisine. The classic Americans going, oh, look at this terrible, weird foreign food that we don't like. Right. The police inspector turns up and tells Rawlings and Helmer where Frank is located. They've got the name of the hotel. Mm -hmm. And so they immediately rush off. Mm -hmm. And when they find Frank at the hotel, they pull these tasers out on him that... I like dust busters. <laughs> They're massive, aren't they? <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure. How did they get that through customs? Well, like, oh, don't worry about them. They're just tasers. But if you're law enforcement, surely you should be allowed, allowed to... to take weapons with you wherever you go. I don't think so. Is that not right? I've seen. I don't think so. I've seen that movie with um, Liam Neeson where he's on a plane and he's a. No, but he's a marshal, isn't he? Is that not the same thing then? Right. Well, no, they're there to protect the plane. Oh, right. Okay. Well, at least, at least with the size of these tasers, though, if, if, the, if the thing didn't work, you could hit them over the head with it, couldn't you? That is true, because you only got one chance to fire it because of those with the little prongs with, with yeah. wires connected to the taser. Mm-hmm. 
Um, but Jackson knocks them over and Frank runs away. Can we just mention Jean-Claude Van Damme's um, wardrobe in this movie? Yeah, absolutely. Not the actual wardrobe. It's got two doors, nice handles. <laughs> Do you mean his clothing choices? His clothing choices, yeah. Okay. I mean, in this scene, he's wearing a very startling yellow jacket, isn't he? Yes. He's not blending in, really, is he? No. I mean, he doesn't really know people are following. I guess he does. Does he know people are following him? I guess maybe he thinks, they're not going to come all the way to Hong Kong to get me back. But he's forgotten. They've invested a lot of time and money in it. And then do you like his wardrobe choices? <clears throat> yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm slowly collecting them all. Your wife probably looks at you and says, oh, it's like looking at Van Damme in the room. Exactly. I'm, I'm constantly doing the splits in the corner and wearing those unitard things. Really? Or does she really look and say, it's like Ray Jackson is in the room? <laughs> Either way, I'll take it. Okay. <laughs> and and for anyone listening that w- that want photos, I'll be putting them up on our Facebook page uh, soon. Oh, oh God. Just for, you, just for you, Colin, just for you. I never go to our Facebook page. <laughs> <laughs> Not many do. <laughs> so we get a long, pointless chase. It's, it's a comedy chase, isn't it? It's a, yeah, because he starts taunting them. Mm. Like, you'll run a certain distance and we'll start waving at them. And they'll run off. And it goes on forever. And we get the great song talking about being chased. Yes. The chase song. Mm-hmm. This is the chase song. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. After he loses the army officers who are sploshed into the water of mm-hmm. Hong Kong Bay, he f- has dinner with the reporter, Janice. Now, I'm hoping he's not having dinner in his hotel room restaurant because I'm guessing the army officers might find him easily, but they don't. Well, in all fairness, I mean, they're probably soaking wet. They probably brought one set of clothes with them, didn't they? Because they, they only seem to wear the one suit through the whole movie. So they... Yeah, because isn't she staying in the same re- hotel? Well, there's only one hotel in the whole of Hong Kong and everyone's staying. <laughs> so he's escaped the army officers to go back to the same hotel to Asher. have dinner in the public restaurant in the hotel. Yeah. All yeah. right, I was just, just making sure this wasn't nonsense. <laughs> we wouldn't want that, would we? No. She speaks to Frank and says she wants a story. But there's strict rules, no press at these events. No. But then she says, oh, Helmer and Rollins have been asking about you. And he says, what do you want from me? Which is pretty clear what she wants. She's been talking about it throughout the film up to this point. She wants to know about the Kumite. Well, she says that she wants in, doesn't she? Yeah, and so does he. <laughs> I actually wrote that down. Did you? <laughs> it's like you're inside my mind. <laughs> oh, no, don't do that. It's scary. It's all like cavernous and echoey. Yeah, there's a few dark places in there. Need some bombs. It's just all dark. Yeah. There's just a, just a big beer rack on one side <laughs> and then nothing. <laughs> well, you know, it's in modern, modern living, you know, you need space, don't you? Right, right. That's true. Mm-hmm. True. To collect shit. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, um,. They sleep together. Oh, And we get a... Very nice way of putting it, Colin. What do you want me to say? <laughs> <laughs> nasty. Or as, or as my dad always used to say when these moments happened, oh, they've just had a sleep. It sounds like they've been put down. <laughs> <laughs> but in the morning, he tells her that he can't get her into the match. Thank, thanks for the sex, but can't help you anyway. <laughs> when she wakes up, 
she kind of looks over and you get a shot of him pulling his pants up don't you i was trying not to think about that but i, I thought to myself was he stood there for ages just waiting Wait, waiting with, with the pants half with, with with the underpants just halfway down his legs waiting she's not awake yet right, here we go here we go right <laughs> yeah possibly but and it's just what would be more annoying is now if it modern world he could have stood there looking at his phone while he was waiting but yeah. then he's got nothing to do but just stand there waiting <laughs> the very short yeah. pants as well aren't they They're very very short short underpants yeah i think there's a reason for that What's that then? Pants are shot, and that's because there is a homoerotic point to these films. Yeah. There's a lot of male bonding going on in these movies. Yeah, but if you asked someone who liked these films who wasn't gay, they would totally reject that as an no, idea. No, no, no. They're, they're manliest man movies, aren't they? But it's obvious. There's a, ch- there's, a, there's a cable channel over here. I don't know if you've got it in the States. It's called um, Movies for Men. Right. <laughs> and they show, all they show is those kind of movies. But it's 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 presented as movies for men, real men. This is what this is a channel for men, you know. And then they'll show like Bloodsport or <laughs> Top Gun or something like that. So anyway, Bloodsport. <laughs> Bloodsport. Where were we? So the next day, she she's he's there. He's back at the Kumite, and she's conned her way in, hasn't she? I assume she slept with this guy to get in, right? Which guy? The Asian guy that she's with. He doesn't get a name. Wow, I never thought of that. She must have slept with him to get that. She's because she's like his, his guest. Well, Ducks takes it very well, doesn't he? Yeah, well, it's hard to tell with his acting, <laughs> whether he does or not. <laughs> Let's be honest; he could be furious for all I know. He does have that expression for most of the film, he, uh, the, of a, a rabbit caught in the headlights of a truck, don't you think? Yes. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, the fights continue, and Chong Lee is knocking people out, and there's a bone shot. You know, a shot of a bone sticking out of someone's leg. I wonder what you meant then. Ah, I know you did. That's why I had to change it. <laughs> Go back to the homoerotic was... undertones again. I guess that's, so. You'll get a shot of a bone. That's that's not an undertone. <laughs> <laughs> that's, I was going to say, it's in your face, but we won't. Oh, yeah. So Janice at this point pulls out a giant tape recorder to secretly record her apart she's not very sneaky is she yeah in front of everybody and the person she's with (laughs) but you notice what they do when she's speaking into the tape recorder you can't hear her voice they blank it yeah 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 because they thought even the audience would realize that this is stupid if she was talking out loud recording something that's supposed to be secret you would hope that that's the thought process going on wouldn't you yeah you mean you just couldn't be bothered to pay for a dialogue Probably not, no. Okay. Well, most of the dialogue in this movie is ADR'd, so they probably, they're going, after the shooting finished, they probably didn't have a lot of money left for that, did they? So. Probably. So now the matches are getting harder for Frank, and we can tell this because Van Damme is starting to pull some serious faces. Oh, yeah. Um, it's the kind I make sitting on the loo after a lack of fibre. <laughs> yeah, I'm with you on that one. Yeah, see? And then we get we get Chong Lee versus Ray Jackson. Yep. The first first it's it's what you call we're on to the second level fights now, aren't we? Yes. And Jackson gets battered by Chong Lee, and to be honest, you know this is gonna happen. Mm-hmm. Because there's no way they're gonna finish the film with Jackson versus Frank. Because that would actually be interesting. Yeah. <laughs> we can't do that, can we? No. 
and we've already set up that, that Chung Lee is going to be like the bad guy, haven't we? Right, right. Because Chung Lee takes great pleasure in ki- almost killing Jackson. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And as he knocks him out, Frank runs onto the arena. and Well, before he, well, he tries to run on it first, doesn't he? And he gets restrained. Victor restrains him. Yeah, because you're not and, supposed to do that kind of thing. And he does his great, no, doesn't he? Oh, it was almost like Van Damme was on the Skype connection. <laughs> I'm better than that. cheeky (laughs) so Jackson is taken to hospital but he's going to be okay Frank says he'll get back at Chong Lee this hospital looks top notch though doesn't it he's got a bandage on his head and the guy's got a stethoscope and he's just just randomly moving the stethoscope around his body isn't he that's all he's doing yeah there's no equipment in this room <laughs> he's going to be okay he doesn't need it he's just got a little head wound yeah I suppose but then I suppose they, maybe they took him to uh, one of these back alley uh, hospitals you know maybe so Janice says she doesn't want Frank to fight mm-hmm. but Victor says to Frank if you keep a clear head you could be the first westerner to win at the Kumite mm-hmm so he goes back to the temple. Meanwhile, Janice goes to the police. She wants them to stop the Kumite. She tells the inspector that her friend is Frank Dukes, and she wants to fight Halted to protect him. She's one of these really annoying characters, isn't she? Where, you know, they're all up for it at first, and then right. as soon as something happens, she turns against the man. Well, not turns against him, but she, she tr- you know, tries to do what she thinks is best for him by completely right. trying to ruin the thing that he's trying to do. Happens in a lot of films. Yeah, but then she'll come round. Oh, yeah. Meanwhile, Frank's riding the city in moody shots while music plays. <laughs> At one point, he's just stirring off, you know, forlornly into the distance, isn't he? Into the yeah. into the sunset. Yeah. And uh, then we while, get, the li- uh, while the lyrics are going, when you're depressed and you're looking real glum. <laughs> and you're staring into your, the sunset. Yeah, and your best friend's in the hospital after being beaten in the face. <laughs> <laughs> and of course we finish with the money shot the third splits this time overlooking hong kong bay oh he's, he seems to be stuck on top of a temple doesn't he yeah yeah as you know they must have been high-fiving themselves oh yeah when yeah they got yeah. that shot mm-hmm. it's like we can go home we don't need to film anything else it's the shot of the movie yeah we're done we're out of here you know they, they, they probably didn't even have permission to go up there did they Probably not. Probably I mean, this, movie, this movie's not going to bother with permits, is it? Let's face it. <laughs> I guess not. <laughs> it's canon, remember? <laughs> right. So Frank finally decides to make his way to the Kumite, and he finds the army officers and the police inspector waiting for him. And then they're going to stop him. Now, everyone knows that Frank is a fighter. Mm-hmm. He's in the Kumite, so he's got to be pretty good to be at that level. Yeah. So how do they think they're going to stop him? So they send, like, two, two isn't Hong it? Kong police officers <laughs> who he just punches them and knocks them out straight away. <laughs> how do they think this was going to work? You'd have about 50 guys, wouldn't you? <laughs> With nets. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but then, they shoot, but the, then the agents shoot the uh, huge tasers at him, don't they? And what does he do? He deflects them with a dustbin lid. He does. Now, could you actually do that? Wouldn't they just go thunk and fall? <laughs> I think so. But it, maybe, I don't know, maybe he... No, I have no idea. But anyway, it doesn't work. So, doesn't work. And then so they finally, Frank says, okay, look, 
let me just do this kumite and I'll meet you at the airport and mm-hmm. you can take me back. And they go, oh, okay. Even though that just means they've wasted their entire time. Yeah. But then, and then they, we get to the final day of it and the agents turn up with the reporter to, in, to watch it, don't they, in the audience? Yeah, and they're having a whale time. How did they get in? Uh, I mean, she, she got secret. in because she's pretending to be whoever she's pretending to be, but how did these two other guys that no one knows although, get in? Although she's no longer pretending to be who she's pretending to be. Well, I think all rules are off now, aren't they? Everyone's forgotten. I guess so. Yeah. I guess so. So now we get to see Chong Lee fight, mm-hmm. and he kills this competitor. Mm-hmm. Everybody turns their back on Chong Lee. Because he killed the opponent needlessly, I guess. But no one seemed bothered about the 15 other times he did it. Unless they've take, turned his back on him all the other times he's done it. And we just never saw it. Possibly. I mean, we, it's unclear as to whether he's actually killed anyone up to this point, apart from the, the person that happened in well, the past. It, yeah. So maybe the been, others weren't dead. Just, just... Very, very badly bruised. Va- <laughs> vaguely neck-snapped. Yeah. Well, there is a lot of neck snapping sound effects going on, isn't it? Right, right. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so we're in the final match, and it's Frank against Chong Lee, and Chong Lee's assistant puts Chark into his trunk so that he mm-hmm. can use it later, I guess. Yeah, mm-hmm. yep. he's a cheat. Yeah, and they're fighting, and Frank's winning, and then Chong Lee throws the Chark in Frank's eyes. Nobody apparently sees this happen. <clears throat> no, but where's the, the referee? Where's the referee? Yeah, go? I don't know. But he's there. Yeah, he just didn't see it. He's blowing his nose. Yeah. And now Frank is unable to see anything, although when we have a camera view from his angle, we can see stuff. It's just a little bit blurry. Yeah. <laughs> his acting goes into overdrive here, doesn't it? Yeah, he starts screaming and going, ah, and there's a lot of slow motion. You know what? Also, there's a lot of slow motion, like, screaming. I thought, wouldn't this be good if they did a remake of this in Cornwall? <laughs> I'd... You had these guys, as they're about to go slow motion fight, they went, ooh, ah, in slow Cornish motion. blood sport. Yeah. You could call it blood sport, the Cornish connection. Yeah, it would be good, right? Ooh, ah. <laughs> like that. And Jack Jackson would be, um, <clears throat> instead of carrying around a, a beer can in every scene, he'd have a pasty. Yeah, right? That sounds good to me. Yeah, I yeah. I think we should do it. I think we should. So we could get the funding. What's yeah. Canon these days when you need them? You know, you yeah, know, you right. know they, you know they buy it straight away. Absolutely, absolutely. They knock it out in a week. Yeah. So luckily, Frank has his blindfold training. Yeah, this is where the it wasn't just torture when he was making him serve tea with a blindfold in the flashback. No, it's just torture for us to watch it. <laughs> so Frank gets his inner zen, and we yep. get. An hour of this. Yeah. <laughs> where it's all slow motion. I think I went to the toilet and came back and it was still going on. You could have gone down to the shops for a <laughs> packet of... <laughs> I don't know, crisps. <laughs> What's going with that? Hobnobs. <laughs> hobnobs. hobnobs. Yeah, you could have gone down a packet of hobnobs and been back and it still would have been on. <laughs> so we get the fight and then Frank starts to get beaten up really badly. But, you know, Frank as I said, pulls his inner zen and starts to be able to... Pull, pulls his what? Inner zen. All right. You know, his mind becomes blank, which... <clears throat> which he does very well. <laughs> doesn't take long. 
and he starts blocking all of Chong Li's moves, and then he manages to defeat Chong Li. He does, and and the sound effects at this point, they've gone into overdrive, haven't they? Oh, yeah, there's lots of flax. There's lots of weird screaming and mm-hmm. lots of people yelling, bah, for some reason. And the punch noises are, like, super loud as well. Yeah, yeah. Bah, so bah, then it's all bah. over. So maybe there's sheep no. in the audience. Yeah, you should listen to it. They keep going, bah. <laughs> <laughs> why, why? We, why is we, he yelling? We could just be showing our ignorance. That might be a word. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's it's... Jean-Claude Van Damme yelling it. Yeah, well, he's, he's multicultural, isn't he? Okay. So now he's won. It's all over. He's mm-hmm. the first Westerner to win the Kumite. Yep, Norris McWhirr is writing in his book. Yep. So now we go to the hospital, and there's a love scene between Frank and Jackson. <laughs> I stopped for a minute. I was thinking, what? Oh, right, yeah, okay. okay. They do this, they're hugging, and they say, I love you, and... He does. He says, wherever wherever you are, whatever you're doing, if you need me, I'll be there. Which is basically, I'll be your tail man any day. It is. It is. And and they look into each other's eyes. Although one of Jackson's eyes isn't looking straight straight at him, is it? (laughs) Probably never was. Never was, no. (laughs) Never was. No change there. Then we go to the airport, and we Mm -hmm. have Helmer and Rawlings waiting. Mm Mm-hmm. They have a dialogue that doesn't make any sense. It's clearly written just for the ending, but doesn't fit with the film, because one of them says, oh, I don't think he's going to show. And Rowling says, Frank's going to do it to us again, right? Mm. First of all, why wouldn't he show? Mm-hmm. Only, the only reason he's in Hong Kong for the Kumite, and he's, he's done it. So what's yeah. he got in Hong Kong? Nothing. Mm-hmm. Second of all, when did he stand them up before? Yeah, yeah. Do you know, I, I wrote in my notes, that this feels like the end of a TV pilot from the 80s. <laughs> right. We just want some funky music to play. Yeah, yeah. And they go, <laughs> and then you're waiting for it to freeze frame, and then say, you know, created by Glenn A. Lass. <laughs> <laughs> Next week on Bloodsport. <laughs> Same shit. Yeah. It's just like they needed some dialogue and just we couldn't think what to do, so just made it up there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but of course, Frank has turned up. He's in the airplane already, and there's a lot of, oh, you you fool, ha, 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 ha. That's funny. And they go off, and then we get um, text on the screen telling us some nonsense about being a true-life event. It's a lot of text as well, isn't it? It, it went on for it a bit. I, I didn't read, read, I didn't read it, it at all. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I don't think so. He did this, and he did that, and he set world records, apparently. Yeah, allegedly. Mm-hmm. And that's the end of Bloodspot. One of Jean-Claude Camille Francois Van Varenberg's finest films. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who wants to go first? <laughs> ah, you can. I always make you go first. Well, um, it's rubbish. <laughs> <laughs> there are people giving it five out of five on Letterboxd. I, I haven't finished. Oh, okay. <laughs> Don't jump to the conclusion. <laughs> And that's it on just <laughs> Yeah. What do you think? It's rubbish. Right. End Let's of podcast. Move on. It's it's rubbish. It's you know, there's no two ways about it. It's rubbish. It doesn't it, it, it's badly written, it's badly acted. The, even the fight scenes aren't that great, are they? Right. But it's 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 what I would call enjoyable rubbish. You know, it drags in places, and which is saying a lot for an 87-minute film. <laughs> yeah, the ending drags for me. Yeah. But, I mean, 
it's the kind of film I could watch and then quite happily never watch for another five years, but then think, oh, you know what I haven't watched for a while? Bloodsport, I'll watch that. Um, yeah, I kind of agree with you, I think. Um, yeah. my, my only feeling is that, for me, a film like this, because everything is pretty ropey, I need the main actor to be charismatic or interesting, and Jean-Claude Van Damme never does that for me. No, no, he, that would help. That would help it in lots of places where, where the other stuff lets it down, at least if you've got a charismatic actor. Yeah. It'll carry yeah. you through. I mean, if you had someone like Kurt Russell, for example. Yeah, interesting, yeah. You know? I mean, he, he wouldn't be able to do the physical stuff, but at least he'd be charismatic enough to carry the, the rest of the film for you. Right, right. Yeah, so, yeah, so I'd agree, have... I agree with that. Yeah, but like you said, it's a, it's an easy watch, and you sit there and you have a few beers, and you're like, oh, that was that was fun. I think it would be good, the, yeah, it'd be a good movie to watch with a few beers and some friends, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah, it's not a film to watch. Writing notes, going, wait, this plot doesn't make any sense. <laughs> <laughs> Why are they doing this? So, do you, does it make the list for you or not? No, it doesn't. No, it doesn't for me either. No. <laughs> But, I mean, it's, it's it's fun in its own I can way. see why people like it. So can I, yeah. I can see why there's... I mean, there's a lot of affection for this film, I think. Right. From a lot of people. Yeah. But as, I, as I'll as i go back to my initial statement, it's rubbish. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> and so that's it for Bloodspot. Mm-hmm. If you want to suggest a film or TV show for us, then you can email us at retrospection at email.com. You can find us on Facebook and you can reach us on Twitter at Retrospecky. And our next episode, we're going to be doing Walter Hill's Streets of Fire. Now, this is going to be an interesting one because I thought I'd seen this movie and I haven't. I watched the trailer today and I thought, whoa, this is not the movie I thought it was. What, do you know what movie you thought it was? What? I, I, for some reason, I, I thought it was some cop movie, but it's not. Okay. <laughs> it really isn't no, that. <laughs> no, it's not. No. And and I mentioned it to my wife because when I watched the trailer, I thought this is this is obviously a movie she's seen. Just be right up her street, and she'd never heard of it. Oh, okay. So it's going to be an interesting one. So thank you for listening to our episode of Retrospection. Join us in our next one in two weeks' time. Bye. Oh, bye. <laughs> <laughs>